You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios. With a merry little jig and a gay little song, Woha Buck and Jerry Boy, we trudge our way the whole day long. Woha Buck and Jerry Boy, what though we're covered all over with dust, it's better than staying back home to rust. We'll reach Salt Lake someday or bust. Woha Buck and Jerry Boy. There's a pretty little girl in the outfit ahead. Woha Buck and Jerry Boy, I wish she was by my side instead. Woha Buck and Jerry Boy, look at her now with a pout on her lips, as daintily with her fingertips. She picks for the fire some buffalo chips. Woha Buck and Jerry Boy. Hello again and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name is Paul. I'm not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I have once again failed to be an animal expert, and this week we are talking about the American bison, or otherwise known as the buffalo, and we're going to talk about that later. But first, Apple Podcast Reviews. Donna, we reached a milestone. We got 50 Apple Podcast reviews the other week. Yay! Many, many of them five stars, which is very nice. We really appreciate that. So uh, we're going to read a few of them today. Uh, First guy is Honor Knight. I was on his show called Soiled Restroom Cinema, which is... Not a show for kids, but uh, it is it is very, very funny. And I got on there to review the movie um, Herbie Rides Again or something like that. The one with Lindsay Lohan in it. One of the Herbie movies, uh, yeah. It was terrible. But anyway, the podcast was fun. And you should go listen to them. They're Soiled Restroom cin- Cinema. So just in return for the review. Go see those guys. Anyway, so Honor Knight says, If you ever wanted to learn about animals without having to slog through a boring high school lecture, this is the podcast for you. Hosts Paul and Donna navigate their way through the wild kingdom with an educational, funny, and insightful show that will make you forget you're actually learning something on your way to Starbucks. Go listen now! That's a nice review. Thank you so much. He's a cool guy. He is... Our next user, her username is not as nice as I sound. I bet she, I bet she is. <laughs> she, she was very nice to us. The title of her review was Fungucational. Nice. Which she created a new word just for us. I love it. Her review says, Have fun and learn something along the way. A great show with humorous hosts, light music, and informational topics. Entirely listenable with the whole family. That's great. That's what we're going for. Woohoo! Thank you. Not as nice as I sound. I bet you really are, but that's okay. Uh, then we have user PDS Kirk. Wow. Yeah. Uh, great show. Fun discussion. This show is a great bit of fun to listen to. The hosts are fun, and the content is great. Everyone should listen to this show and tell everyone they know about it. I agree. Thank you, PDS Kirk. PDS Kirk is from the Podcast Discovery Show, which is a podcast about podcasts nice. and they go through and they 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 listen to podcasts and they review them and they say nice things about them and they they do a lot for 
getting uh, lesser-known podcasts in in people's ears. They're doing their part, and it's a really fun show to listen to. And they have like uh, pre-shows where they just talk about stuff, and they're really funny guys, the three of them. Cool. Well, I'm gonna go check them out. Bridget Carey, our number one listener, we love her to pieces. She left us a five-star review, the title of which was "My Favorite Podcast." Well, you're just about our favorite listener, Bridget Carey. <laughs> she says, fun, sincere, informative, and just a little crazy. I love this podcast dedicated to animals, and we love you too, Bridget Carey. You are the best. I know we're not um, supposed to pick favorites, but you know we, we do. Boy, she's right up there, man. <laughs> she's right up there, Bridget Carey. She does everything we ask her to do. Like, we we have we put a little poll up, she answers it. We ask her to to reach out to a website she does it she chimes in on conversations she's just everything you want a listener to be and she uh she has a starring role in our chickens episode uh not that episode but a few episodes later you should listen to the chickens episode if you haven't and then a few episodes later we gave her the prize for the chicken recipe we had a contest to have people send us chicken oh, recipes right. and she sent us the best <laughs> chicken recipe and it was fabulous, <laughs> and she won a picture of a chicken by the fabulous Phil Rude, and we love her. So, yes. We need to have another contest soon. Well, just a reminder to go to blazingcurabustudios.com for links to the audio and our show notes for today's episode. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at at varmintspodcast, all one word, and at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. If you like the show, do like uh, Bridget Carey and the others and run over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and leave us a nice little rating and review. And now it is time for us to learn about buffalo slash bison slash big critters in Yellowstone. The kingdom of animals is fascinating. Now I'm going to tell you about their behavior and living pattern. So come on! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? We are blathering about the bison today. Technically, that's what they're called. The bison is the largest living land animal in the Americas and Europe. There are two species of bison, the European bison and the American bison, which is also called the American buffalo or just the buffalo. Now, what is the difference between a buffalo and a bison? That's a good question. Really not much. Really not anything. Now, it's okay to use bison and buffalo interchangeably. The term buffalo is sometimes considered to be the wrong thing to call this animal, which could be confused with true buffaloes like the Asian water buffalo and the African buffalo. Mm -hmm. However, bison is a Greek word meaning ox-like animal. Buffalo originated with the French fur trappers who called these massive beasts buffs, which means ox. So both names, bison and buffalo, have a similar meaning. Also, the name buffalo is listed in many dictionaries as an acceptable term for the American buffalo or bison. Also, very interestingly, in reference to this animal, the term buffalo dates back to 1625 in North American usage, whereas the term bison was first recorded in 1774, so we've actually been calling them buffalo a whole lot longer. So, from time to time in this podcast, you are going to hear the terms buffalo and bison used interchangeably, and that's okay, and we are just not going to put up with your little internet pedantry that's right. this time. And also, I'd like to point out that several Native American tribes call them buffalo, so... Yes. When they're using the English word. 
You are technically correct. The best kind of correct. <laughs> there are lots and lots of Native American tribes, and lots of them have different words for the bison slash buffalo, but when, when they are using English, a lot of them call them buffalo. So, Right. Uh, they are massive animals, as we said, the largest animals in the Americas. They stand 150 to 190 centimeters or five to six feet tall at the shoulder and weigh upwards of 1,000 kilograms, which is well over 2,000 pounds. Buffalo or bison that are domesticated and farmed weigh even more than that. The males are larger than the females, but both look very, very similar with heads and forebodies that are massive in relation to the back of its body. A large hump on the back of its head in the shoulder area. They have these short little curved horns and a big shaggy dark brown coat that covers its entire body, but is seems to be thicker around the head and the shoulders. The American bison is the national mammal of the United States of America. As with cattle, males are called bulls, females are called cows, babies are called calves, and a group of bison is called a herd, a gang, or, I like this one, an obstinacy. (laughs) (laughs) It seems fitting. They have another name for baby bison, too. Um... Oh Buffalettes? No, no. Buffalinos? No, it was really cool. <laughs> what are they called? I like buffalinos. I do too, but that's not what it is. <laughs> Red dogs. That's what they're called. Red that's, dogs. That's another name for a baby bison is red dogs. All right. 15 facts about bison from the U.S. National Park Service is the reference. Does it say why they call them that? Because they kind of look like red dogs when they're little babies. So. Uh, okay, I can kind of see that. If you had a dog that looked like that, you might want to get it checked out. <laughs> I think I think that uh, since they tend to be born, what's, let's see, what does it say? They tend to be born from late March through May and are orange, red in color, earning them the nick- nickname Red Dogs. So All right. I think from a distance, if you, if you saw a baby buffalo from a distance without the parent, you might think it was a dog. That might, you know, so. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, they don't have the big hump and stuff when they're little. They just they just look like a little tiny. Anyway, they're called red dogs. Okay, it's just what I okay. Was, it's just a fact. It's just All a right. thing. It doesn't matter. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you were talking about the hump on their back. What do you suppose that is? What do you yes. think that's for? It's a big old hump of fat to help get them through the winter. No. How about that? No. 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 Oh. No, a lot of people think that. Oh, though. no. And in fact, I thought that before I started doing the research for this show. So it is okay. not. It is a. It is composed of vertebral tissue. It has bones in it, and it, and it has muscles, muscle tissue. If you look at a skeleton, you should look up a skeleton of a bison, and you can see that the vertebrae on the back sp- like spike up really tall for that hump. And it looks really weird when you look at the skeleton, so you should take a look. But it is just... So that's a solid, massive part of the buffalo. It's not just a big, blobbity thing. No, it is a solid mass of bone and muscle, and it is used as a snowplow so that they can poke their faces down into the snow and get at the vegetation that's covered up during the winter. Oh, that is great. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. (laughs) <laughs> that's it 
that's my adaptation for the day. They are their own snowplow. <laughs> so that they can get it to the uh, the grass and the vegetation. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. They are ruminants, which means that they and other herbivores have a very specific type of digestive system that helps them to digest plants, specifically grasses, but other plants and sedges and herbs and things like that. A ruminant's multi-chamber digestive system starts at their teeth. Now, like all ruminants, bison have teeth that continuously grow, and the silica in the grasses helps keep those teeth at the proper length. Just like goats. Go back and listen to the goats episode. We kind of talked about that. But we didn't really go into detail about how their digestive system works. Now, the problem with grass and the reason that most vertebrates like us don't eat it is because of a substance called cellulose. It would be great if we could just mow our lawn and take all those clippings and bring them in and, and clean them up and eat them and we'd have food for days on end. Cellulose is the reason we can make products like cardboard and paper out of plants. And in order to break it down, you need to produce an enzyme called cellulase, which your body and mind just doesn't produce. So if you attempted to live on grass, you would starve to death because it comes out just the same way it goes in. You'd get no nutritional benefit from it at all. Although some humans do sometimes consume cellulose, there are products at the drugstore that help with constipation that contain plant cellulose. Bison eat a lot of it, and a 2,000-pound bison or buffalo has to eat around 300 pounds of grass a day to maintain it. Maintain it? Is that the right thing to call what an animal does? Sure. M animal maintenance? I don't know. I guess. Sure. Yeah, okay. Why not? It is now. <laughs> <laughs> so those bison teeth, they grind down the grass and the saliva, and it moves, all, it moves down into and back and forth between two chambers called the rumen and the reticulum. And it's in these two parts of the digestive system that that move mixture kind of sloshes around and moves back and forth, and a substance called cud or bolus is formed. Now that cud is regurgitated and ground down further by the teeth, and then it's swallowed again. And this is when the grass starts breaking down into something the bison can actually get nutrition from because it starts to ferment a little bit. It moves down into the true stomach, which is also called the abomasum, then into the small intestine, then into the large intestine. It gets further and further broken down. Nutrients are absorbed into the bloodstream, and, and then whatever's left over just comes right out. So because it takes so long, relatively speaking, to get nutrients out of grass and because buffalo or bison have to eat so much of it to stay... To, to survive, they're almost constantly on the move. They're almost always grazing on grass, chewing, taking only short breaks to do things like sleep, make little bison, run from predators. The wolf is their main predator, although it takes a lot of wolves to take down one bison because they're so big and strong. But buffalo, bison, they're almost constantly chewing, eating, walking and eating at the same time, which I guess is that's what grazing pretty much is. And uh, yeah, that is how they're, that's how bison guts work. Nice. Yeah. Can you imagine eating 320, 300, 300 to 320 pounds a day of grass I for totally, a normal sized I can, buffalo. I can completely see that. Have you ever seen him in person? I have not. You haven't. That is a big animal. Big animal. We have a few at the Denver Zoo if you come to visit, but. Um, I would recommend that you go to Yellowstone National Park and see them in person, but not too close. <laughs> no. You can see them. They're all over the place up there. Um, but, you know, keep your distance. 
people, uh, inevitably, there's always some really lucky person who lives, who survives, um, going way too close <laughs> to the bison. Uh, but uh, that's always scary. It'll happen every time there's some moron out there going, I'm going to take a picture of the buffalo. I'm going to get mm-hmm. really close because that's <laughs> like 2,000 pounds of beef steak just basically ready to mow you down if you come too close. Right, and, and they can move too. They really, they're so fast. So, yeah, not a good idea. It's like getting hit by a car. Yeah. Leave them alone. <laughs> they will kill you dead. They will stomp you flat. <laughs> All right. Well, it's disclaimer time. The Varmints podcast knows that it's not fair to compare animal intelligence to human intelligence. But then we only really have the yardstick of ourselves to go by. So we're going to do it anyway. And we're going to add style points because it's fun. Style points. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Intelligence rating on a scale of 1 to 10. I read a lot of things that said buffalo or bison were very, very intelligent, but I saw no other proof, like uh, no not, no examples of their intelligence. It's just like, yeah, they're really smart. And they're big. And they're smart. <laughs> so I gave them a 6 because they can be domesticated, and apparently they do have some intelligence. But, I mean, if we're going to add style points, I give them a nine because they're just a really cool-looking, majestic animal that I want to hang out with, even though, as you said, that's a really bad idea because they're very territorial and they'll just stomp you into a grease spot on the prairie and and ruin your day. Hang out with them from the road, man. It's not that difficult. You just keep your distance and they're perfectly fine companions. So, yeah. You know, they help you look at the mountains and the beautiful landscape and... Yeah, they're your buddy from really far away. I think it's like 500 <laughs> yards or I don't know. Uh, they say to protect yourself and the animals you come to watch, which is an important point, always remain at least 100 yards away from bears or wolves and at least 25 yards from all other wildlife. And then they have a whole bunch of tips about how to, what to do and what not to do. So, yeah. What did you give them this week? Eh, Buffalo. Four. <laughs> <laughs> for intelligence, you gave them a four? Yeah, they're not that smart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they're not that bright. <laughs> but now we have the addition of style points. With style points, I think they've definitely got a nine. I'll give them a whole bunch. Because they're, <laughs> they're big and neat looking, and they're just cool, man. They're just really cool. <laughs> I like them. I like their stylish, shaggy uh, coats and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I think I'm going to have to take just one style point away because they really do look pretty hinky when it's when they start shedding their winter coat. <laughs> they're just not at their best when they're, you know, they're like, I'm not ready. I'm not camera ready yet. Just give me a moment. Uh, yeah. Their style sense between winter and summer is a little iffy. Yeah. A little patchy. Yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah, they're just. Yeah. They don't look. They don't look super amazing at that time. But <laughs> high summer and um, deep winter. They they're, they look pretty 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 cool. Pretty fantastico. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I'm just rambling. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, they ain't that bright, but they're really cool. So. Well, we are gonna talk about. Bison or buffalo in movies and cartoons and all kinds of good stuff. We're going to have a buffalo recipe coming up. But first, this commercial. 
Remember the excitement after opening all your presents at Christmas time? And behold, Santa brought you an Atari 2600 and an extra controller. Remember sitting two feet from your color-enhanced Zenith television while your friends huddled around you as you played the newest games like Pitfall, Frogger, and Centipede? We played for hours on end and watched the days slip by as our hands cramped from holding the controller in the same position, but we didn't care. Now that we're all grown up, we get to reminisce and feel the nostalgia once more. Only this time, we share them with someone who has never lived in the 80s or even the 90s. Each week on 8-Bit Avenue, Matt and Katie give Reagan a tour on how cool old things can become new again. Listen on Blazing Caribou Studios, go to BlazingCaribouStudios.com, or look for 8-Bit Avenue on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And now for something completely different. Hey, you know, me and Donna, we're just a couple of nerds like you, and we don't see animals up close and in person very often. So let's talk a little bit about where we see them most of the time on movies, TV, and video games. This week, I chose the movie Dances with Wolves, the 1990 movie starring and directed by Kevin Costner. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is actually a film adaptation of a book called Dances with Wolves by Michael Blake. It is the story of Union Army First Lieutenant John Dunbar, who is awarded a horse and his choice of posting for demonstrating, unwittingly, bravery in battle. He gets sent to a post out in the West, the furthest post that they could find, because he wants to see the West before the white people move out there. Nobody knows he's out there. No other soldiers are assigned to reinforce the post, and he is out there all alone. So he winds up befriending and actually becoming integrated into a tribe of Lakota Native Americans who give him the name Dances with Wolves. And he gets to accompany them on a bison hunt, which is a very, very memorable scene from that movie. If you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The scene took eight days to film, one helicopter, ten pickup trucks, nearly 50 men on horseback, Native Americans and Wranglers, and the largest privately owned buffalo herd in North America, which was 3,500 buffaloes. The Wranglers would cause the buffalo herd to stampede for five to eight minutes. Then they would have to round them back up and then come back the next day and do it all over again. No buffalo or bison were hurt in the making of the movie, of course. All the buffalo deaths were done with special effects. There was one point where Kevin Costner fell off of his horse in the middle of a stampede, and that caused a bit of a scare, but he was okay, too. There is a scene where Dunbar is confronted with the sight of buffalo that were slaughtered, and they show these buffalo carcasses, and they are all just chicken wire and fake blood and foam rubber and and fur, and they're not real buffalo carcasses, of course. Right. But it's it's kind of a turning point in the movie where he goes, he kind of goes, whoa, this is, this is bad. Here's the clip from the movie. Who would do such a thing? The field was proof enough that it was a people without value and without soul, with no regard for Sioux rights. The wagon tracks leading away left little doubt, and my heart sank as I knew it could only be white hunters. Voices that had been joyous all morning were now as silent as the dead buffalo left to rot in this valley, killed only for their tongues and the price of their hides. Big turning point in that movie amazing movie. It was nominated for 12 Academy Awards. It won seven of them in 1990, including Best Picture. If you haven't seen it, 
see it. It's not streaming anywhere that I could find on any service like Netflix or, or, or Amazon Prime. But I think cable TV, there's usually... I think a lot of those stations run that movie fairly frequently. So if you have not seen that movie, do check it out. I think you could should be able to get it from your library and stuff like that, too. Oh, the library might have it. Yeah, that's a good point. So... My pop culture thing is from the late 90s and early 2000s. It is a cartoon called Adventures from the Book of Virtues. It's an American animated television series that originally aired on PBS Kids, and it was on for three seasons, beginning in 1996 and ending in 2000. There was a two-year gap in there uh, for some reason. I don't remember why. I haven't been able to figure out why. Uh, so the, basically the story is there's these kids, Zach and Annie, and they learn life lessons from their friends Plato the bison, Aurora the red-tailed hawk, and Aristotle the prairie dog, and Socrates <laughs> the bobcat. And these lessons are told in the form of animated segments that are based on stories from a variety of sources, from fairy tales, fables, mythology, folk stories, all sorts of stuff. And it's a really good show. It is just little moral tales about how to how to do things, how to have ethics, basically. Work, honesty, responsibility, compassion, courage, self-discipline. Those are all names of the various episodes. And it's really, really a wonderful little cartoon. They had a lot of special appearances from various amazing stars like Scott Bakula, Tim Curry, <laughs> um, Pam Dauber, if you oh, remember wow. her from Mork and Mindy. From Mork and Mindy, uh, sure. Mark Hamill, uh, Tippi Hedren. I'm just naming, just picking out a few of the more, the more famous names. Elijah Wood played Icarus in one episode. Michael York played Androcles. Um, yeah, so lots of Lots of good stuff in there. It was a really good little cartoon and really enjoyable. So let's go ahead and hear what Plato the Bison has to say. <sighs> ah, no doubt about it, Aurora. Spring is my favorite time of year. Yes, except for those sudden April showers. No, Zach, you don't have to carry me. Come on, I'll give you a free ride. It's my pleasure, really. Right through that mud? <laughs> How can I resist? <laughs> Careful. <laughs> now, for 25 cents, I'll carry you across the stream. What? You don't have... Whoa! No! <laughs> Morning, Annie. Zach. Morning, Plato. Say, do you need your cave straightened up? I'll dust it for a couple of dollars. Zach, what is it with you and money today? Uh, there's this new game I want, but my mom won't give me an advance on my allowance. She doesn't understand. I gotta have it now, so I need to raise some money fast. How about it, Sock? You could use a good combing. Hmm. Zach, it's admirable you're willing to work for something you want, but money isn't everything. Although there once was a king who thought it was. I feel a story coming on. His name was King Midas. <laughs> Sounds like Zach's about to get some learning. He is about to get some learning from Plato the <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> Plato the Bison. Plato the bison is really cool. He is Plato, and he has a cave. He lives in a cave. 
because that's the allegory of the cave, which everybody should read because it's an important story. Um, and it's really cool because he always has a, a satchel on. <laughs> he has a, okay. He has like a book bag around his <laughs> body. It's really funny. So, yeah. Um, so also, Paul, because we are unlikely to do another bison show, uh, I wanted to refer you to a band called Brulee and Arrow. Brulee and Arrow is a contemporary Native American New Age slash world beat music group that's based in South Dakota. They've sold over 1 million CDs worldwide and won a bunch of awards, made media appearances all over the place, and they're crazy, crazy fun. I've seen them live a couple of times. And they have a beautiful, fun album called Tatanka, which I think is the name for buffalo in Lakota language. So Yes. It's the name for the male buffalo because they have a separate word for a female buffalo. Right. Right. Can you remember what that is? No, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the in the Lakota language it looks like the female is called the PTE, the the Tay, and the boy is called the Tatanka. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, that is the first album that I heard from them, and it is really, really good. They're amazing. And there's a video on YouTube that we will send a link to on the show notes. It is the Brulee Concert for Reconciliation of the Cultures live at Mount Rushmore. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful concert. Totally recommend these guys. And Paul's playing a little bit of their music in the background there as yeah as we're talking. So yeah, check those guys out too. So excellent. Yeah. I like to eat. Oh, I like to eat too. Donna, I think we finally found a, an animal this week that we both enjoy eating yeah. and would eat again. Mm-hmm. Ten out of ten. Yeah. Can you get bison? Can you get different cuts of bison meat in your store? Of course, yeah, directly in the grocery store, yeah. Wow, that's great. Because mm-hmm. you're out west, it's probably a lot easier to get. I can go up to the store on the corner and get uh, a pound of ground buffalo meat, but I can't get, like, steaks or any other cuts of it. And the, it may, it might be at Whole Foods, but I generally don't go to Whole Foods, mm-hmm. other than to people watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we can get we can get it here. Yeah, we, we usually end up having ground bison in our chili. And it's really good. Oh, that sounds... It's, you really it's can't so good. tell much difference between that and beef, but it doesn't taste that different. But, you know, I'm not sure in a taste test... I don't think test, it does either. Yeah. I'm not sure in a taste test you could tell the difference, but it's better for the environment and uh, it's better for your body. So, so Yum. I love it. Probably one of the things to talk about that... that uh, is that to realize that most farmed herds actually do have some cattle DNA in their in their genes. They've been crossbred, most of them. Oh, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how wild bison tastes in in comparison. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the farmed okay. herds usually have a goodly amount of cow DNA in them, which is what makes it difficult to maintain the wild herds. You have to make sure those guys don't get mixed in. So. Cool. Mm-hmm. Andrea Freitas, she is a food blogger at Blazing Caribou Studios. And as you are listening to this right now, there is a blog post from her with a recipe for buffalo barbecue sliders on plantain buns, which sounds great right now because I have not had lunch yet. Mm. So go to blazingcariboustudios.com, check that out. 
make that recipe, eat it, and tell us what you think, because it sounds absolutely delightful. Plantain buns. Yeah. So, like, the plantain is the bun? The plantain is the bun. Huh. She does stuff like that. I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> Me too. Let's eat. Hey, Donna. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I want to so bad right now. I could eat this microphone. <laughs> Donna, is your brain a repository of useless information like mine is? Yeah, but I think it's all sort of mixed up and in the wrong places this morning. <laughs> That's okay. Let's try to help everybody win that next trivia night or just sound smarter than the rest of the room with the animal fact of the week. Is this your homework, Larry? Look, man. Do, it... please. Donna, you live out in the American West. Is that considered the West, Colorado? Yeah. Yes. I say that definitively because so many people are like, oh, Colorado's in the Midwest. No, we're not. We're in the West. <laughs> Your lovely state of Colorado was settled because, partly because of big piles of bison poop. Mm. <laughs> Buffalo poop provided fuel for heat and cooking in the near total absence of wood or coal, and it served even as a medicinal treatment, although I don't know how well it worked, for injuries and medical complaints ranging from the reattachment of severed members and snakebite to hiccups and sunburn when <laughs> people were settling the West. Uh, travelers on the plains, European Americans and Native Americans alike erected cairns, which is just a big fancy word for a pile of buffalo poopies, mm -hmm. to serve as landmarks for people going out west. There were lots of advantages. One, bison eat a lot, as we mentioned before, so they poop a lot. And if you were headed out west at the time when there were millions of bison roaming the plains, buffalo chips or plains oak as big piles of bison crap were so nicely called, weren't hard to come by. They were everywhere. If you burned them, they didn't throw off sparks into your bedding or clothing, which was really important for if you had a military tent or a teepee or a covered wagon. If you've ever played the Oregon Trail game, you know that the last thing you need is for a flaming pile of bison dude to wipe out everything you have. <laughs> One early settler reported... Don't feel sorry for us cooking with cow chips. They had their advantages. We didn't need to use pepper. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there were some disadvantages. European-American women who were accustomed to cooking over wood fires and stone and brick fireplaces and taking very good care that manure was not tracked into their kitchens, they were particularly offended to find themselves hauling manure into their homes by the basket load to fuel cooking fires in their cast iron stoves. So that was something that they had to get used to. Ugh. That that problem is alluded to in the in the trail song that we played at the beginning of the episode, which is called Woha Buck and Jerry Boy. I don't know what that means, but that's the name of the song. Ugh, I would not have survived on the frontier. <laughs> I would have been like, no, I'm going back to Boston. <laughs> they got used to it. Eventually, those settlers, they kind of became connoisseurs of bison fecal matter. Ugh. And in some writings of that time, Dookie from bison grazing on autumn plums were full of hard, hot, and long-burning plum pits. And so those were particularly prized and reserved for nighttime and cold weather fires. So they they had, like, preferences on what turds were good for what. I wonder how it smelled, you know? I mean, because most of the bison poop is going to be left over from grass. So how horrible is it? If it's anything like cow crap like it's horrific when it's fresh right but as as it the sun beats down on it and the water evaporates from it they're virtually odorless hmm. 
And because they're compressed grass, it's a really, really good fuel, and it actually burns for quite a long time, and hmm. very hot, too. Interesting. Yep. Huh. That's what helped people survive the trip out west. That's why we have an out west right Bison. now. Bison doo-doo. Bison doo-doo. And they turned around, and what do you think they did to thank the bison for giving them all their <laughs> poop and helping them survive? Killed oh, them by the millions. Almost slaughtered them to extinction. <laughs> oh, man. So if there are any bison listening to the show, you know, nobody needs to worry about asking you for any favors. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> Bison listen to our show out in Yellowstone. They have their little headphones. <laughs> they do. We forgot. I forgot to read the review from, from one of them. They left mm-hmm. a review on iTunes. Yeah. It was... <laughs> that's actually really good yeah <laughs> i think that means i love this show i won't stomp on it <laughs> they they gave us five errs out of five <laughs> so it's one of the bigger success stories i think of of humans almost wiping something out and then getting wise and then doing some sort of conservation effort to bring the animal back to it, back to a level where it's almost where they're not in trouble anymore not in as much trouble okay so that's it's partially true but it's also partially not true it's true that there are, we have a lot of bison living in the united states but most of them have cattle dna that's been interbred they're hybrids so that's not good that's not actually saving a species the bison in Yellowstone don't have any cattle DNA. There's a herd out in North Dakota that doesn't have any cattle DNA. And I think there's probably a few herds here and there uh, in the West that don't either. But almost everywhere else, they are definitely too interbred with, with cattle to call them a saved species. So they're still to the point. Okay. Yeah. We still need to worry about it is basically what we got to say. So... So did they do that on purpose to bring back the bison was to to breed them with cows so that there wouldn't be inbreeding and then the, the physical problems that come from inbreeding? I think so. I think some of it was for that and some of it was just that they wanted to farm them and they were trying to make better tasting meat okay. is the idea that I've gotten. So it might be a little of both. But no no national park or, or biologist or anybody like that is going to they're gonna. They're not gonna be trying to save an original species by adding in DNA from another species. They've got a bottleneck, but you just have to deal with the bottleneck and and just deal with what's left. You can't. You can't be putting other stuff in there. Anyway, that's my impression. I might be entirely wrong about that, but um, what we do know is that more work is necessary to reinvigorate our prairies because the bison are missing from our prairies. The prairies need to be disturbed. I'm going to read from this conservancy page. There's a guy called Eric Rosenquist. He's a manager at the Conservancy's Cross Ranch in North Dakota. And he says, Prairies need disturbance, like the disturbance created by fires and by bison. Both prevent buildup of litter layer beneath the grass that can shelter invasive non-native species. Bison graze the grasses that contribute to the litter and also create open areas in their wallows or by trampling the ground that become good location for the seeds of new prairie plants to germinate. So 
we really need bison to be just sort of wandering around randomly eating what they're supposed to eat and not having to deal with fences and all this kind of stuff. And it's just a huge problem that's going to continue to be a problem until we come up with some better solutions for cattle management. So, um, Right. So, so it sounds like they should be a keystone species, but they're mm-hmm. just not quite there yet. Yep, they were a keystone species, and they... The fact that they're missing from our prairies, they're not wandering all over, tearing up and pooping on our prairies and eating everything in sight, is actually <laughs> part of the problem that we have right. in our prairie ecology. So um, it can be solved. They can be brought back out there, but we have to make sure that they are A, free of cattle DNA, and B, that they have plenty of room to roam. The Rosenquist says there are just four things that bison need, food, water, other bison, and room to roam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. we have lots of room in the west so we just need to keep we need to preserve that room and and, and put more bison on it basically so yep. very cool yeah awesome bison are awesome or buffalo whatever you want to call them there's nothing wrong with eating the farm bison we just want to keep the farm bison we don't want them grazing out and breeding with the wild bison basically so right yeah so cool yeah. awesome yeah Hey, thanks everybody for listening. The Varmints Podcast is brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo and music as always by Kevin McLeod and you, the Patreon supporter. Thank you so much for donating to the Blazing Caribou Studios Patreon, giving them a dollar or more every month really helps us out. It helps pay for the bandwidth. It helps bring you our show notes and our audio. So thank you very much to do that. And thanks also to Carrie Sims and the whole gang over at Blazing Caribou Studios. I feel like we don't thank them enough. So thanks for giving this podcast a happy little home. And there are lots of good podcasts over there at BlazingCaribouStudios.com. So go check them out. This week's story has something to say about bison or buffalo, but I think pretty much bison. I think story might learn something this week. Let's see. What do you know about bison? Um, they're a lot shaggier than cows. They're brown. They have horns on their head. And they're a lot bigger, and they're kind of like cows, but they're a lot shaggier. Mm-hmm. What else do you know? Um, they're also... They, they mostly look like... Um, they walk on four legs, and they mostly look like cows, but they're not. They they also look like um, buffaloes, but they're not. They m- they always just look like in between them. So that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Story. That's so cute. Is that Chris Brayton's little girl? That is Chris Brayton's little girl. Chris Brayton is one of the hosts of the More Gooder Than podcast, which is terrific, and you should check it out. Aw, she's adorable. Yeah. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Hey, be nice to animals, guys. But, I mean, stay, like, a good distance away from them. That's being nice to them. (laughs) (laughs) You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios. (sighs) I was doing that little wavy waving my hands and fanning my face thing during that performance, just what little bit I watched. Like, oh, this is beautiful. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs>